Welcome back to Minutes of Mishnah. My name is Rabbi Tuvia Brander, and we continue with the fifth Mishnah of the second chapter of the Tractate of Chagiga. You can follow along Mishnah at home or on safaria.org. And did you know, Minutes of Mishnah is now available wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Minutes of Mishnah, and it should be there. Mishnah, in the second chapter, begins a shift in the theme that we will see throughout the rest of the Tractate, where we begin to discuss issues of ritual purity and impurity, of Tahara and Tumah. As we have seen, so much of the Tractate has been dedicated to the laws of bringing the sacrifices, and in order to avoid any of these sacrifices, the pilgrim needs to be in a state of ritual purity. And her holidays were a moment where the entire Jewish people was focused on becoming pure and being metahir themselves, regardless of what their needs were over the rest of the year for that ritual purity, in order to enjoy the special moments of the holiday, in order to enjoy the special sacrifices and delicacies of the holiday. One wash one's hands, very similar to what we do for Nitilat Yadayim, even nowadays, where we wash our hands with a cup before eating bread. For for regular bread, like is our practice today, lemaaser for the tithe in particular, we're talking about the second tithe, meiser sheni, which is a tithe that was given or was taken by the farmer to be consumed by the farmer in Yerushalayim, and truma and to touch or to eat truma, um, which is the portion that was given to the kohen, ulekodesh matvilet, but for to eat sacred meat, to eat food that is consecrated, that you need to go to the mikvah. Lachatat, and there is an extra dimension for the chatat, which we're referring to here is the ingredient or the objects that are involved with the afer paraduma, the ashes of the red heifer, which one of the sums of the way we one would become pure from uh, the highest levels of ritual impurity of coming in contact with the dead. In nitmu yadav nitmu gufo, if you became if your hands became impure from this, then you're it actually contaminated with ritual impurity of your entire body. This last point, and really the entire Mishnah, and this is obviously relevant to today as well, is that when we wash our hands, this idea is that there's a ritual impurity on our hands. And that ritual purity, impurity uh, can come either because we've touched something, which is a novelty that normally are, you can't have one part of your body become ritually impure and not the rest of your body. This is only true about our hands. It's a rabbinic enactment to make sure that we are extra sensitive and cautious about where our hands are. And this idea of washing our hands before eating bread as today and the other items that we described in the Mishnah um, stems from a notion that we're not always conscious of where our hands are, that our hands touch lots of surfaces and can come in contact with lots of different things, even if we're not 100% paying attention. And so therefore, unless you are fully observant of where your hands have been since the last time you washed them, we assume that your hands have become ritually impure and therefore, or potentially have touched something, and therefore one needs to wash, like we wash before bread, with a cup, with a minimum amount of water, a brevius, which is a quarter of a which we'll say is about 3.3 fluid ounces, um, pouring water over hands in rapid succession, two on each side. Uh, for those, this is one of those crossovers to the mission that we're learning between the Chamarev. Um, but this notion obviously has resonance today or greater understanding, as it makes sense that there's sometimes we're not always conscious of where our hands are. How hard is it today in our unfortunate COVID-19 reality that we're constantly reminded to wash our hands because we touch something, we touch our face, we touch our nose, we touch our mouth, we touch something. We're, we're not always aware. And so that's where this came in as well. And there's an added 
special stringency when it comes to the ingredients that are involved with the red heifer that because they are so richly pure and they're the highest level of kodesh of of sacred sync of consecrated that they uh, have this extra susceptibility when one comes in contact with it we continue with mission mission above and we'll see that there are actually five levels of kodesh of sanctification we have the base level hulin non-grid mundane mundane uh, uh, food we have meister shani the second tide which we just described we have Uma, the portion that goes to the kohen we have korbanot meat of the sacrifices the kodesh and then above all of that the pinnacle of our uh, spectrum here is the chatat is the ingredients that are involved with the offering of the red heifer which helps purify someone from the highest level of ritual impurity the mishnah it's mishnah vav mishnah six hatova lechulin v'huksak lechulin asa lemaaser Someone who in a mikvah to prepare in a ritual bath to prepare to eat chulin to eat this lowest level of mundane meat, you're able to eat that ritual that that lowest level. But the higher anything above that, you're not allowed to eat anything above in those three categories. If you had in mind to when you immerse that you're going to do it for Miser to become ritually pure for this second level. So for the ones that are above the second level, that does not count. You're not allowed to uh, become, eat, even though the process here of becoming ritually pure is the same process, same water, same process, but your intention here makes the difference about what, uh, what, what you're allowed to use it for. If you had in mind to immerse for truma, for the gift that goes to the Kohen, but not for that next level of korbanot, of the sacrificial meat. So again, that does not work. Um, same thing is true if you had in mind when you went and immersed to eat sacred meat, but you did not have in mind to become ritually pure, to handle the ingredients of paraduma of the red heifer so again you're not able to and the mix with its principle that should be self-evident at this point if you had in mind when you immersed for something more stringent on these five levels you're allowed for the lower one you're allowed to go down but you're not allowed to go up we've already listed these five levels so if i immersed having in mind for the most stringent one i can then consume and count this immersion as becoming ritually pure for the lower ones but not vice versa if you had if you just immersed and you didn't have in mind what it was doing for think about it like pool you didn't call which uh corner the eight ball should go into it's as if you didn't immerse at all, meaning it doesn't count for anything. The Gemara does qualify that and states that it does count for the lowest level for chulin, which is not really necessary for mundane meat, uh, for mundane food, and uh, it counts for that. Um, but what we see from here is the general principle is that when you are uh, purifying yourself, when you immerse in the mikvah, you need to have in mind what level you're looking to do as an added chumrah, as an added stringency, so that you take it seriously enough ascend to that level and if you don't you're not able to it won't even though you go through the motions that would be the same your intentionality robs you of the opportunity to be able to have that more stringent uh level of ritual purity we'll continue with next mission mission seven tomorrow have a wonderful day